Hello and welcome to the second episode of The Chopping Block. This is your host, Mard Wallace, with our, my other hosts... Timmy Jernigans. And... Jebediah. Alright, and yeah, this week we'll be uh, walking through some games again, making some predictions. Um, we'll start off with just games of the week, top games to look at. And uh, for the first one, let's start with uh, Oregon at Georgia. What do you think, Timmy Jernigans? Uh, yeah, so... I think uh, Georgia is definitely the better team in this matchup. Uh, Stetson Bennett is definitely more experienced. They have the best tight end room maybe of all time. Their offensive line is just absolutely enormous, even though they're young, but they all started last year. Adonai Mitchell is a great receiver, so he'll definitely be catching a lot of balls. And then their defense, Nolan Smith, will be possibly one of the best linebackers to go through there. And their defensive backs in Keeley Ringo and Kamari Lassiter are absolutely amazing. So I definitely think that they will hold the upper hand in this battle against Oregon, who has just a bunch of young receivers and young talent and is under a new coaching staff. Definitely a fair assessment. And I mean, this is also practically a home game for the Bulldogs being yeah, in, in, um, Atlanta. in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Just what? hour or so away from Athens so yeah I think uh, I think it will be a I think Georgia will come out on top in the end but I actually think the that Oregon will hang in there with them um, and I don't know based off uh, you know Georgia being the national championships coming off one of their best seasons in history of in the history of the school I think that uh, they they have high hopes for this season again but losing their defensive coordinator and Dan Lanning to Oregon he, um, I think he will. He, he's inheriting a great program at a uh, at Oregon with a very physical team, and I think with the losses of Jermaine Burton and George Pickens at Georgia, and the gain of Bo Nick, some transfers at um, Oregon, I think they hang in there with Georgia and and uh, almost give them the upset, but end up falling short. What do you think, our final co-host? You know, I think with having Dan Lanning as an Oregon, uh, Oregon could be more competitive than one might expect when playing Georgia. He was their defensive coordinator, and uh, he does know that defense very well. So I think Oregon could have the shot to actually uh, take advantage of what he does know about that defense, although they have lost a lot of guys and they've brought in new ones, so he does know all those players as well. But I do think that Oregon can still remain competitive in the game. So, you, so you're picking uh, Georgia, I, I will correct? say Georgia in the end, especially with it being in Atlanta, but I do think Oregon is capable of the victory, especially with Dan Lanning's heading that program. I'm just a little shaky with Bo Nix over there. I, He's not as good, you know, as what Georgia's got in their QB room. Right, yeah, and, and, and I, I think you kind of touched on it there, but Dan Lanning being at Georgia, he, he knows what they look like. He knows that teams in the, from the inside to the out. So I think that'll definitely give... Uh, Oregon a little bit of a advantage, but not a big enough advantage to pull it out. All right, well, on to our next game. Uh, we got Cincinnati at Arkansas, and uh, definitely going to be a good game. Playoff team, an- another playoff team uh, on the road. So what do you think, Timmy Jernigans? I definitely think that this is a very interesting game. The spread is about six or seven points towards Arkansas. Uh, Cincinnati is a program that just went to the college football playoff, obviously, but they definitely lost 
a lot of players, and while Arkansas is strongly on the rise, they have KJ Jefferson, who's a very good dual threat quarterback, one of the best uh, running back rooms in the nation with Raheem Sanders and AJ Green. They also have a bunch of new transfers at receiver and linebacker, including uh, Jaden Hazelwood from Oklahoma and then uh, Drew Sanders at linebacker. And so their defense is just uh, a bunch of old veterans uh, like last year, uh, very big, very strong, very fast, and their offense is also very veteran with a lot of new weapons. So I think Arkansas, in the end, will pull away and uh, get the dub. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I'm conflicted on this one. I think it's going to be a great game. Definitely not one I would want to gamble on. I think that, you know, since he being a playoff team, they've, they're used to big situations, but playing on the road in the SEC, it, it's not something that is, everyone can really do week in, week out. And it is just one week for Cincinnati, but we saw what it looked like when they went up against an SEC team last time. So not that Arkansas is Alabama, but I, I do think that um, the Razorbacks will pull it out. Personally, I'm actually going to take Cincinnati on this one. I was at the Cincinnati-Alabama game this past season, and Cincinnati did look good competing against Alabama, okay? It, comparing Michigan to Georgia, okay, I think Cincinnati did it as well as could have been expected for a team like that going against a Titan that is Alabama. And just looking at the head coaches there, Cincinnati's got Luke Fickle at the helm versus Sam Pittman, and honestly, I'm going to say Luke... Luke Fickle, I think, is my guy, if you're just comparing head coaches there. So I think with uh, who's commanding each ship, captaining each ship, I'm going to take Luke Fickle to uh, be out-coach Sam Pittman. That's going to be my take. Luke Fickle's definitely the guy there. He, he is a great coach, and, and he's probably waiting on for a bigger job like Ohio State or Michigan at some point. But, um, yeah, I, just, I, I think that Arkansas loses a lot on defense, and they, they do return their quarterback, um, KJ Jefferson, great, great quarterback, but yeah, I'm gonna have to disagree with you on on, on that one there. Fair enough. All right, uh, on to our next game. Let's kind of do this in a snake order. Um, we got Houston at UTSA. You want to take us away, Jeremiah? Jebediah. Jebediah. <laughs> but thank you. Yeah, uh, Houston obviously is a ranked team uh, based on the AP poll versus UTSA. Although UTSA had an incredible season last year. But with that being said, I'm going to have to really take Houston. I think all in all, the programs have come together nicely, and I think they're going to be more than ready for the move to the uh, Big 12. Uh, when that, when's that? 2024, 2025? Uh, I believe 2024? 24. 24. Yeah, I think Houston's ready for that move into the Power 5, and I don't think UTSA would be anywhere near. Like They have had a, a solid start considering they have a younger football program there. But I think Houston's just more put together and has more depth to their roster. Yeah, I, I have to agree. Houston's got seven returning offensive starters and six on the defensive side. They're coming off a 12-2 and season last year and 8-0 and in conference in, uh, in the AAC. I think that uh, Houston's poised for a big year. Could make a New Year's Six game this year if, if uh, since he has a little bit of a down year, especially if since he does lose to Arkansas. Houston's kind of going to be one of the group of five favorites there. I think UTSA is a good team. I think uh, it will be a close game, but I think I, I'll, I'll be taking Houston there. I also will, will, be, will be taking Houston in this one, although I think it's very interesting uh, that Houston and 
UTSA are very much on the rise as programs. They were both around like three or four wins in 2020 during the COVID season. And then they were both a little bit better in 21. Or, and then last year, they, they were absolutely fantastic, both of them. Uh, Houston would have probably gone to a New Year's Six Bowl last year if they hadn't lost to Cincinnati, who eventually went to the playoff. Uh, Clayton Toon is Houston's quarterback. Uh, I think he is definitely going to be a top five, non-Power Five quarterback in the league. And Nathaniel Dell at receiver... I think he has an opportunity to be the best receiver in the non-Power 5. So they just have a bunch of weapons, and I think they're a more veteran team, and I think Houston will pull it out. Yeah, totally agree. All right, on to our next game. We have the number 7 Utah Utes in the Swamp playing the Florida Gators. Um, I'll start off with this one. I, I People are saying this is going to be on upset watch, and Florida's going to win the game. I don't think it'll be very close. I think this game's decided by at least 10 points. Um, you know, Florida returns six people on offense, seven people on defense. So they're, you know, they lost a decent amount. And it's a first-year coach in Billy Napier. A uh, good coach from Louisiana. But I just think uh, Florida's got a lot of question marks around their program right now. And although the Swamp is a hard place to play and Utah's coming from across the country, I think they have too much hype um, going into the season. A lot of people have Utah going as far as the playoffs this year. Um, and maybe even a national championship. Uh, this will be Kyle Whittingham's 18th season there. Uh, he's got eight offensive starters returning and six defensive starters returning. Uh, almost winning the Rose Bowl last year. I think Utah's poised for a big season. And um, I just don't see I don't see this game being super close. I, I, like I said, I think it's decided by at least 10 points, um, possibly even two touchdowns. On the contrary, I believe that this game will be within a field goal. And because I believe that this game will be in a field goal, I think it bodes well for the Florida Gators. I think Anthony Richardson is a quarterback that you can just go out and tell, make a play to win the game, and he will absolutely dominate. I think he's one of the guys, one of the biggest difference makers uh, in the league. Also... They have a bunch of veteran guys, linebackers and defensive backs. I know that their defense has been a little iffy, but uh, of of recent years. But they're I think they'll be just fine on the defensive side. And then they have a bunch of talented uh, receivers and some good running backs as well. Travis Etienne's brother is their backup running back, so mm. that could be interesting to watch. But Kyle Whittingham does have a very good program. Uh, they've never been here, though, so I'm afraid of what the hype will, will, will do to them. Also, playing in the Swamp is just a vicious atmosphere, one of the loudest stadiums, one of the most tra traditional stadiums, and the humidity might play a factor in the game. Definitely could. It's going to be a completely different environment than what Utah's used to, um, but it'll, it will be an interesting game. What do you think? Jebediah. Uh, I think good points have been made. I I may be a little biased here. My grandfather went to uh, the University of Utah, but I am high on Utah. I think that this year Utah could potentially go all the way. I could very well see them making a playoff run. And Kyle Whitten Whittingham has been at Utah for forever. He knows that 
program like the back of his hand, I think he's fully capable of pulling this out, and I could argue that they even win by over a touchdown at this. It is fair to say it's being played at the Swamp that could uh, affect the game, but in the end, uh, that program at Utah I think is a superior one, especially with Florida having a new head coach and Utah returning so many starters. So in the end, I'm going to say that Utah wins out. Yeah, no, definitely agree. And and is, do you think there's any bias there coming from your angle, or is that is that just you know there might be okay, but I do recognize who, who's a QB, uh, Anthony Richardson at Florida. Yes. Yeah, he's projected to be a, a solid, possibly first round uh, pick, isn't he for uh, this draft? I think he's a little bit of a bum. I think he's a little bit overrated. Um, not not say, so high say, on say Andy Richardson, but say what you will, but I do think he has the potential to lead Florida to a good season. But I think Utah is bound for a better season this he, year. He's got experience, and it's a home game, so Florida is that going for them? But um, we'll see. I'm excited for a big weekend in college football. I mean, I definitely think there's a possibility that he makes a mistake or two, but I feel like if it's a one score game, he he will, in the end, uh, just win it for them. So. All right, well, Jebediah, you want to you wanna start us on our next game? Notre Dame at Ohio State, top five matchup, college game day, biggest game of the weekend. What do you think? Ohio State, I'm sorry. Say, say what you will about Notre Dame. They are, they are a good program, but Ohio State, I think, is a tier above them, maybe two tiers. Ohio State is a titan of the football world. Notre Dame has a very solid program. They're looking very good for this recruiting class for this season, but... I, I don't think Notre Dame is uh, going to really stand much to uh, the juggernaut that is Ohio State, especially with uh, the QB that they have uh, behind them. Uh, I think Ohio State is the clear and obvious person to win out on this game, especially considering it's a home game for them. That That's a tough environment to go into. And those Ohio State fans are most definitely going to turn out. Will certainly be a sold-out game. Most definitely. All right, what do you think, Tim Jernigans? I think Ohio State just has too much uh, weaponry on the offense. It's very, it's it's not very often that you see a team with three of the top six or seven players in the Heisman race with C.J. Stroud, Travion Henderson, and Jackson Smith and Jigba, and that's not even including. Marvin Harrison Jr., who's a five-star receiver, and Julian Fleming, who's a five-star receiver. And they even have Amika Egbuka, who's a, who's a redshirt freshman, but he's also a five-star receiver, and he is a backup. Uh, so they're just absolutely loaded on offense. The only problem is their defense. Uh, that had some trouble last year, but they got a new defensive coordinator in there. So they should be at least a little bit better. As long as they have a top 25 to top 30 defense in the nation this season... I think they will go undefeated. Uh, and as far as Notre Dame, they have a new coach in there. All the players love him. They rally around him. But I do not think that Tyler Buckner, the quarterback for Notre Dame, is good enough to to threaten this game at all. Yeah, no, I think I think you make some good points there. Um, I, for one, am not buying the Notre Dame hype. I think that they're a decent program, but... Nowhere near a top five team, possibly top ten. But I, I think on a first-year head coach, new quarterback, I think they've got a lot to prove. Um, they do have 15 of their 22 returning starters from last year, um, so that'll definitely be going for them. Um, but in their last five, in their last five road openers, they are five and zero. So that'll be an interesting little thing. They they seem to start off the season good, and um, 
Yeah, they've lost four straight against Ohio State, I believe. And so I don't, I, I, they don't have a lot going for them there on um, history's side. And like, like Timmy said, I think that Ohio State has multiple people contending for the Heisman this year. Um, I think Marcus Freeman's a good coach, but I don't think he's good enough to walk into um, to Ohio State and pull it out week one. All right, on to our next game, a little bit uh, lower in the schedule, not as high a game, but should be a close game. Spread is minus two in favor of Coastal Carolina right now. We have Army at Coastal Carolina. Uh, you want to take us away, Timmy? Yeah, I'll take it away. I'm not going to lie. I don't know a lot about either of these teams, but Coastal Carolina has been definitely a program that people have been watching over the past two seasons, uh, Mullet U, after they've kind of made a splash. But they're known for kind of playing small ball, and Army is known for playing big boy, we're going to run you over for the entire game. We're going to go for three to four yards every run, and there's nothing you can do to stop us. You know exactly what we're doing, but you're not going to stop it. So I think there's a very good chance that, that Army pulls it out this game. Yeah, I, I just off of pure size. I agree with you. I think uh, Army is definitely one of those teams. You know what they're going to do, but it's hard to stop. They've got uh, their coach here in the ninth year, and he's been doing the same thing since year one. So they got a lot of returning guys. Uh, nine and four record last year. I think they're a good team. And Coastal Carolina has been pretty good the past few years since they've moved up to FBS. I just don't think that this year they they maintain that. I think this year they have a little bit of a down year. So yeah, I'll be taking Army there. I'm. Personally, going to be taking Coastal Carolina on this matchup. Uh, Coastal Carolina has won 13-1 uh, in their last 14 home games as well. They have Grayson McCall come back as their very starting quarterback, quarterback, who is a very solid quarterback. So I'm going to put some faith behind Grayson McCall and the fact that it's a sold-out crowd on Saturday at uh, Coastal Carolina and the effect that's had on their past 14 home games. So I'm taking Coastal to win this. I like it. I like the pick. I respect it. All right, um, you, you want to do this in a little bit of snake order again? You want to start with uh, Florida State, LSU? Yeah, per personally, my pick for this is going to be Florida State. Both Florida State and LSU had down years, although our fight in Texas Aggies stole LSU's uh, quarterback, Max Johnson, and I think Florida State, as a result, might be able to uh, work their way around LSU and uh, pull out this. I, I don't know if that would be considered an upset. The, the lines look to be about... Like yeah. minus three ish, yeah. Like a field goal game, yeah. But if it, it was played at a neutral side, I think it would be even. But just because they're in Death Valley, I think it's minus three because of that. Yes. Yeah, so. Are they in Death Valley? I thought I thought this game was at the the Superdome. Oh, is it? I believe it is, I yeah, believe yeah, it's it at the Superdome. The, it is at the Superdome, which is still basically basically a home, a home game, kind of like. I apologize for that. Kind of like the Georgia Mercedes Benz game. Except it's a little. I mean, Florida State is a little bit closer to Louisiana, but uh, the, Florida State will definitely have a crowd there. But LSU fans will definitely fill up that stadium for sure. Um, yeah, I, this game's been hard for me to pick. I, I still don't really know if I have a solid answer. I think Mike Norvell being in his third year here and LSU having Brian Kelly in his first year. I think just based off that, I'm going to have to go with um, Florida State. I think that um, you know LSU does have one of the best rosters in the country, despite them not having a great season since uh, the Joe Burrow run. But 
Um, yeah, they, they only return 11 of their 22 starters from last year, while Florida State returns one of the most in the nation with eight on offense and eight on defense, making it 16 total. So, yeah, I, I think I'm going to have to choose Florida State here, though I think it's going to be a good game. I think LSU has the clear advantage in this game. Uh, they're starting Jaden Daniels at quarterback, I believe. I don't know if they've officially announced that, but I, I think he's ahead in the race. They have Noah Kane, who just transferred in from Penn State at running back, who's very good. They have Keyshawn Boutte at receiver, who was one of the best receivers in the nation last year. The weak spot on that roster, though, is the left tackle. They're starting freshman Will Campbell. So who knows? So if Florida State is able to abuse that matchup, it could be a long night. But if Will Campbell is as good as people expect he will be, I think LSU will be just fine on offense. And the key in this game is definitely Florida State's offensive line. They have one of the worst offensive lines in the ACC this year. And LSU on the opposite side, the defensive line, is absolutely monstrous with Mason Smith and B.J. Ojolari. I think those two will just wreak havoc on Florida State, and I don't think Florida State will be able to do anything. Also, the defensive backs of LSU are always really good, so as long as they can get some pressure, uh, LSU, will ju- LSU will be just fine and cover the minus three. Awesome. Interesting take. I, I Not that I disagree with it. I think it's going to be a great game. Sneaky, sneaky uh, game for potential game of the week, one could say. Very good chance. All right, uh, why don't you take us away with North Carolina at App State. Hmm. App State is a very interesting team. They're very veteran on the defensive line. They have a very good veteran defense. And most people don't know this, but they have a transfer quarterback by the name of Chase Bryce who got beat out by Trevor Lawrence at... Clemson, and that is the only reason that he isn't probably as well-known, but he is still very good. He was competitive with Trevor Lawrence. They have a very good running back as well with Cameron Peoples, who's been one of the best running backs in the Sunbelt Conference, and so just with all that, I think that they will be able to overtake North Carolina, especially with how bad North Carolina played against Florida A&M. But I think this could be one of the games of the week because Florida or North Carolina also has Drake May and uh, some very good wide receivers that could ex- that could exploit the defensive backs. So who knows? But it could go either way. But I think App State will pull it out. I agree with you on App State pulling it out. I think Mac Brown. He recently turned seventy-one. I believe is August twenty-seventh, and. This is the second time he's uh, coached UNC, and in between that, he was coaching at Texas. And the question could be asked, uh, how long can you be coaching for until you know you uh, lose some of that ability? And I might think that North Carolina, especially having lost a veteran quarterback, uh, Sam Howell, that they might uh, have a down year this year, especially how highly touted they've been touted for the past couple of seasons. Uh, also, App State is playing at home. They do have a very solid home environment for them. 
and they are known to pull off uh, big wins against some larger teams. What was it, Michigan that they beat? Uh, 2007. 2007, that's the one. So I do think App State is fully capable of beating a team that might have a, a larger budget than them, but uh, yeah, I'm taking App State. Yeah, App State, definitely one of those teams that has uh, New Year Six potential out of the Group of Five bunch. I think this is definitely a hard game to pick. Uh, it being a home game for App State, I think that App State will pull it out. I just think North Carolina losing their quarterback in Sam Howell and their leading rusher in Ty Chandler last year. I think that's just a little too much for them to overcome. And uh, yeah, not a lot of guys returning. Mac Brown, like you said, started his, season, started his career at uh, North Carolina off hot the second go-around. And last year, finishing number uh, going 6-7 and seven and finishing number 5 in the Coastal Division in the ACC. I just think he's on a downward trend. Um well, App State seems to be on an upward trend. So, yeah, I'm going to pick the Mountaineers here. All right, on to our next game. We got NC State at East Carolina. What y'all think? Yeah, uh, so in the game, I believe that NC State will win, but I think it's a very strange scheduling dynamic of why they are going to East Carolina week one. East Carolina is very much a program on the rise with Colton Allers at quarterback and a bunch of talent and veteran uh, defense and offense around him. But I do think NC State will pull it out because they have Devin Leary, who's going to be one of the better quarterbacks in the nation, Devin Carter, who's one, who's a very good receiver, and they are also on the rise. They have a bunch of veterans on defense. I think that defense will be very good. And they finally got over the hump last year in beating Clemson. They've been competitive with them, but they finally got over the hump. So I think that they will have the confidence to be very good this year and win this game. Yeah, East Carolina has always been one of those teams, uh, even back to when they had Lincoln Riley and stuff, they're just they're sneaky. They can get you when you're not expecting it. I think North Carolina is going in expecting the win. Um, and this game could bring a little bit of trouble towards them, but, uh, you know, I, I don't think NC State's going to come out of the ACC winning it all, but I think they're definitely going to have a, a good year this year. Um, they returned 10 defensive starters, so I think that uh, they have that going for them. I just don't see East Carolina pulling this out in week one. I agree with that uh, thought. I think NC State is a very solid program. I think they have a very workable schedule this year in the ACC. They... Uh, could really run the table, and I think if they could beat Clemson in, say, a championship matchup for the ACC, they very well could uh, find themselves on a playoff cusp. I consider them more of a dark horse than anything. Additionally, uh, ECU is a very short drive away from NC State, so I think that Wolfpack can come out in force to this game also. ECU can have a pretty solid home home game environment, but I think NC State's close enough that there'll be plenty of NC State fans in those stands there at uh, ECU that it can really be a really be a lot of support for either team there. And in the end, I think NC State's really going to pull it out. Yeah, I think that's a good point. All right, on to our last pick of the week, 10th game. Uh, we got Illinois-Indiana. I'll start us off here. I think that, uh, you know, Indiana's, they started off a couple years ago. Um, you know, Tom, Tom Allen in his sixth year here, uh, was all right his first few years. Really had a great season in uh, 2020 during the COVID year. Last year had high preseason expectations. Finished the year 2-10. 0-9 in conference play and dead last in the Big Ten East. 
Um, I don't think they have much going for them this year, only ret returning 12 of 22 starters, which might not be a bad thing for them. But I think Brett Bielema is bringing Illinois up a little bit. Not that they're going to be anything crazy, but I, uh, I'll, be picking, I'll be picking Illinois here. I also will be picking Illinois. They've already played in Week 0, and they absolutely shellacked Wyoming 38-6. to They have a good transfer quarterback from Syracuse in Tommy DeVito. They also have a good running back in Chase Brown, and their offensive line, as you would assume in a Brett Bielma offense, is always very large and very physical. Uh, they have some wide receiver play that, that's a little bit better than they usually have. And then their defense is also better than last year. So I feel that Illinois will take it away. Yeah. And, and Tommy DeVito, no relation to Danny DeVito, I do I do not believe so. Okay. All right. I'm going to agree with both of y'all's opinions that Illinois is going to pull this away. Indiana, I don't think, is that solid of a program these days. Might be the boilermaker in me, choo-choo, talking right now, but I'm not high on Indiana. Indiana's had some pretty uh, rough seasons, excluding that uh, COVID season when they did all right for themselves. But Illinois, I think, has more talent to them. Yeah, definitely. All right, and yeah, and Tom Allen's one of those coaches where he could be on the hot seat here pretty soon. Um, just the conference realignment, Indiana being in the Big Ten, these programs are going to be getting a pay bump soon and um, certainly going to be looking for some winning seasons out of their coaches. So definitely something to look out for. All right, well, on to our next set segment. We're going to do upsets of the week. We all picked one game where we think there's going to be an upset um, this week. Not, not great. A lot of kind of one-sided games, it seems like, which... Hell could set up for a great week of upsets in college football, but um, kind of hard to pick them out as of right now. All right, uh, Timmy Jernigans, you want to take us away with your upset of the week? My upset of the week is a Friday night game, 7 Eastern, 6 Central. It is the Virginia Tech Hokies losing to Old Dominion. This is, once again, a very weird scheduling dynamic. I feel Old Dominion is on the rise, and Virginia Tech just lost basically everything in their program. So they're very much on the decline. Old Dominion has also beaten Virginia Tech in the opening game of the season before a few years ago. So I, I feel this is a rivalry game. Both teams are in Virginia. Old Dominion's going to be packed, they're going to be loud, they're going to be firing on all cylinders. It's a very young team, but I, I feel that they will be able to pull it out against Virginia Tech. Alright, with another Friday night game, why don't you take us away, Jebediah? For my uh, upset of the week, I'm going to be picking Colorado over TCU. The game will be being played at Colorado, and we have a TCU coaching staff that recently hired Sonny Dykes to replace longtime TCU coach Gary Patterson, who's now with the Texas Longhorns. Now, I'm not saying I'd put any money on this, but I will say that Colorado might have a better chance than one might think. Colorado has lost some talent, but so has TCU. They've, TCU has brought in more talent, but Zach Evans is now at Ole Miss, who arguably could be considered one of their best players. Additionally, this game is being played at Colorado, 
So we don't know how that might affect, say, TCU, who's playing almost at sea level, playing suddenly now in essentially Denver mile high uh, altitude and how that could affect their players. So that could have some effect on them. As well as Colorado, just the stigma of being not that great of a program for this season and that potential. You could have somewhat of a cocky TCU going in there as well. As well as, you know, Sonny Dykes, who this will be his uh, first game as head coach of the TCU Horn Frogs. Yeah, and so for my for my upset of the week, I'm picking Rutgers over Boston College. Um, former Big East foes, uh, Rutgers is losing the series currently at a record of six twenty and one. Uh, Greg Schiano and Jeff Halfley, both in their third years at their respective programs, I think it will be a good game, close game. Um, like I said, I wish I wish there was a higher touted game I could have picked for a upset of the week. Not much on there that I really truly believed in. But um, yeah, I think Greg Schiano is kind of bringing the Scarlet Knights back up a little bit. L- would love to see some uh, Northeast football fans get involved in the sport. But um, but yeah, not not super hot in Boston College. Don't know what it is. All right, for our next segment, we got locks of the week, gambling locks of the week, mortal locks, one could say. All right, uh, why don't you take us away, Jebediah? My lock of the week is going to be Utah minus two and a half. I'm thinking that Utah has a chance to maybe take this away. Utah with their veteran coaching staff, like we talked about, as well as their QB room. I think they have the potential to win the Pac-12 and make it to college playoff, personally. And with that being said, I think Utah could win this game by a touchdown or more. So I think that is a very solid line. My lock of the week is LSU by a field goal, minus three. As I said in my breakdown of the game earlier, I was the only one to pick LSU, but I feel that their defense is just going to absolutely be flying and swarming under Brian Kelly, and I think they have enough offensive weapons in Boutte and Noah Kane to take the game away. Yeah, certainly an interesting pick. Excited for that game. Uh, was that Sunday night? Correct. That is Sunday night. Sunday night. All right. For my lock of the week, a little bit nervous about this one, but I'm gonna die on the hill. I think Oregon covers the spread plus sixteen and a half. Uh, like I said earlier, I think that Georgia losing uh, Jermaine Burton to transfer in Alabama and George Pickens to the draft. I think they got a lot of offensive questions. I really don't think Stetson Bennett is that guy. I think his defense helped him. Uh, is a huge reason Georgia won that national championship last year, and he definitely deserves some credit. But I truly think you could put most a lot of quarterbacks in the nation last year in his position, and Georgia would have won the game. Um, off of that, I think you know Oregon. They got a lot of guys returning, and they like like Jebediah was saying earlier. Dan Lanning, he knows Georgia's team inside and out. Probably not much they changed out there. Um, so I think they'll kind of know what's coming at them in, in a little bit of a way. Uh, Oregon's got one of the best O-lines, if not the best O-line in the nation this year. Great group of linebackers. I think if you go position group by position group, they stack up against Georgia extremely well. And uh, definitely, I, I think Oregon could pull this game out. Um, not confident enough to bet on that. But I think if you're looking for a, a great value bet, um, potential upset, uh, Oregon plus 550 money line, not bad, not bad at all. All right, and kind of to wrap up the podcast, we're, we're recording this on a Friday afternoon, uh, right after a great first night of amazing Thursday night football. 
I guess not first night of football since it was back last week, but uh, it really felt like football was back last night for the first football time. Football is confirmed back. Confirmed back. back. Chief Lawrence. called. He said, football We're is back. back, folks. We're back. We're back. Um, so, yeah, just to recap the games, what what did you think? My favorite games, I had three favorite games. Obviously, the, the Penn State, Purdue, Aiden O'Connell, and Charlie Jones, that connection was absolutely firing all game against Penn State. Uh, unfortunately, they were not able to pull it out. I had Penn State in the game, so I was happy. But Sean Clifford should be, should be arrested. Uh, also, the backyard brawl. Absolutely fantastic game. Literally came down to three yards. Game of inches. Catch. Ball hit the ground at the last second. Keaton Slovis had a great game throwing the ball. Tied end. C.J. Donaldson for West Virginia became a running back and ran for 125 yards. Bryce Ford Wheaton for West Virginia, like a 6'5 receiver, was just absolutely manhandling the pit defense uh, and defensive backs all night. And Lou Nichols for Central Michigan. I had Central Michigan covering the 21, and they they scored 22 unanswered in the fourth quarter to only lose by 14 and cover the spread. Great teams cover. Lou Nichols, my new my new favorite player. Yeah, great night of football. Um, Purdue Stadium completely sold out, completely packed. Same with Pitt. Fox Fox broadcasting that that Pitt. I mean, not Pitt, Pitt Purdue. State, Purdue game, absolutely fantastic. Beautiful production, beautiful production. Um, fuck Joel Klatt and Gus Johnson, but mm-hmm. we'll leave that for another day. Um, but Fine. yeah, no, backyard brawl, amazing game. Like Timmy Jernigan said, game of inches, really came down to the wire there. Um, almost caught that ball at the end. Game, you gassed. could call it a game of gassed, g- gassed teams. First Pitt's gassed, West Virginia's then gassed. Back and forth. Also known as Momentum Swings. Momentum AKA Swings. Gassed, uh, Who's back of the week? Momentum Swings in college four, football. Multiple 14-point swings in that game going into the fourth quarter, and and Pitt was able to pull it out with a pick six. Yes, and, and on uh, with Purdue as well, sold out Grant game, great atmosphere, loud. Uh, Penn State's got a decent amount of preseason expectations. Uh, James Franklin's a guy who, if he if he has another bad season here, he's certainly a, a guy that could lose his job this season. Um, Penn State takes football very very seriously, and James Franklin really hasn't had a great season in what six years. I mean, when was the last time Penn State was a real contender in the Big Ten? Like 2018, 2019. It's been a while. They they were beating Ohio State, I think in twenty maybe not. I don't. I don't know. I think they were rivaling for one of the best. best I guess. I, when was the last time Penn State was a playoff caliber team? Saquon? Saquon, yeah, probably like 2017, 2018. Uh, one, one last note. Sean Clifford needs to be arrested immediately. And Portland State, I hate you for life. The under should have cashed. Uh, I hate you. Yeah, what is the line um, about names that rhyme with big, big red dogs? If your name... If you're named after a big red dog, you should be arrested. You should be arrested. Sean Clifford, bum. Bum confirmed, honestly. He saved saved us at the end of the game, but needs to be arrested. I was riding Purdue, choo-choo, boiler up, but... Oh, come on. We can get a better choo-choo than that. Choo-choo! That's what you're looking for. That's what I'm looking for. Other notes, Tanner Morgan for 
uh, Minnesota. I know that they were running the ball a little more and took out their starters against New Mexico State as it was a 38-0 shutout, but Tanner Morgan needs to be throwing the ball a little better if they want to win the Big Ten West. And Jake Hayner, who is my favorite non-Power 5 quarterback, uh, go, go Fresno State, go Bulldogs, 377 yards passing. Great day. Great day. Yeah, and, and, and just a little note on the Penn State-Purdue game. Uh, great game, but I think Purdue, you got to give it to them. They are probably, they probably have the best names in all of college football. First off, you got your running back, King Doru. I mean, great name. Great name. Hard Anyone to. with the name King, good name. King Doru. I mean, electric. I'm surprised we haven't seen some NIL commercials off of that. Um, their quarterback, Chuck Aiden Sizzle. O'Connell. Aiden O'Connell, striking similarity to Alex Moran from Blue Mountain State. Happy Chuck birthday. Happy birthday and to Aiden O'Connell. It was his birthday yesterday. Just a little shout out to him. Finally, we got Charlie Jones, a.k.a. Chuck Sizzle. Chuck Sizzle. Named by Gus Johnson. Named by Gus during Johnson. During the game, Chuck Sizzle, congratulations. Should legally change his name to Chuck Sizzle. So, yeah, I'm going to give Purdue um, all first team names this year. All right, y'all got anything else, guys? That's it for me. Signing out, Timmy J-Town. Signing out. Adios. Until next week. Au revoir.